One key aspect that can perhaps drive change in cities is the political economy of decentralization, right? Hello, and welcome to the season two of Understanding the Future. I'm your host, Punit Gandhi, and Climate Center for Cities is excited to bring to you a podcast about the future of work in the field of climate change, urban development, sustainability, and innovation. We will talk to experts working on ground as well as in the top management of government and non-governmental organizations to better understand how the field looks like in future. This will help us in preparing to enable climate actions as well as gauge the type of skill sets and jobs that would be required in future to solve complex challenges. If you are listening to it for the first time, do tune into Season 1. Welcome back to the Season 2 of Understanding the Future podcast. We had a super interesting conversation with Vachana and Vivek in our last episode. If you look at the 15th Finance Commission report that just came out, there is mention of something called a municipal shared uh, services and a data center, for which I think the the 15th FC has parked some money. That is their effort to sort of encourage states to figure out how to solve this staffing issue via media. Obviously, you have to do, you can't get around the fact that you need this big change, but what is the via media? There are, there are some encouraging signs happening in India around that. So hope you enjoy the second part of the episode. Okay. Uh, so coming, coming and again, uh, the next question then comes and next point that always comes is that if government can't do it, who else? Like people always think that government coffers are always fools. And we have enough money and we have everything that can be done uh, is possible. If you don't have resources, who has? While uh, when we look at at least the urban sector of it, that is not mm-hmm. always true. We are urban. Any ULB is hardly making money. Uh, there is You can maybe count on fingers how many are in profit. So that is something is uh, still not figured out and still not panned out. How how can we change or how can that ecosystem be nurtured in a way that there is more independence on those lines for cities? Hmm. Okay. So, no, again, that's a very wide question. The subject of people's uh, lifestyles, yeah. let me put it this way. But we, we've at Janagra because uh, cities is what we do. We, we live and breathe cities, urban governance. So, we've tried to put in some uh, construct. Let me try and spell that out a little bit here. So, when, when somebody calls about uh, talks about the financial independence of cities, and I'm guessing that's where you're coming from, primarily. Yes. yes. One is obviously the the fa- the fact of money and its management, where it's coming from, when it's coming, how's it be, how's it being moved around within the system, how efficiently is it being spent and accounted for, all of that. There is another part which is uh, I think Vatsna can come to that later, which is uh, while money is coming into the space and flowing around, helping deliver quality of life in in whichever ways. Who is, who is holding it all together? Yeah. That aspect is equally important. So I think we have to see these two aspects together. It's not just the fact that money is there. It's the fact that there are 10 different people spending money according to their own agendas, yeah. which are far removed from what the city government's aspirations are. Yeah. Right? Because of the jurisdictional issues. There's the parastatal, there's a the state government, there's the central government, there's a the local government. Yeah. Everybody has budgets. Everybody has projects. All of it presumably addresses quality of life in so many ways. 
Yeah. But one is driven by someone, one is driven by someone. Is there something holding it all together? That doesn't exist, right? So that point is probably something Vachna can uh, come in and talk about later. But purely on the money part, right? When we say financial independence of a city, it need, it, it, it consists of what grants, et cetera, that you get, right? Which is what is the money that is coming from you from the Central Finance Commission grants? What is it? Yeah. Uh, what is coming from you? The State Finance Commission grants? What is coming from the state missions and schemes? What is coming from the central missions and schemes? How much money are you generating on your own? Which is another part. And then finally, are you borrowing if you have any you know, projections of deficit yeah. uh, in, in the works that you want to do? So I should have probably numbered that. Uh, would have been better for your audience, but uh, maybe for another conversation specifically on finance. <laughs> but yeah, so these are all, all the sources, right? So independence means that you have to make sure all these lines are healthy. Yeah. So I, I guess quite a lot of times we stress on the fact that cities need to make a profit, which is money on their own, right? Yeah. Let's call them own revenues, which is does the city generate the money on their own by whatever direct services it provides? That is yeah. one part. And, and across the world, there are barely any governments that are able to make enough money on their own, right? I mean, you have to rely on state and central transfers. Now, the yeah. challenge on the state and central transfer part is that, is it predictable? Right, predictable, and is it sort of meeting your predictions more often than not? For instance, if you're trying to plan a five-year project which costs seven thousand crores, yeah. if you don't have predictability of transfers and certainty of transfers of the amount within a range as well as the duration of when you are going to get it, right? Yeah. It's very difficult for you to plan your own cash, your own outlays, and therefore, can you even as a city plan a seven thousand crore project? Yeah which could benefit the citizens, right? So there is this component of state grants are okay, central grants are uh, okay, as long as they are predictable, calculable, and there's a you know timely dispersal amount, then obviously the healthiness of your own, own revenues, which largely uh, on India states comes from the property tax system, plus some user fee and charges. So there is property taxation on which I would say we, uh, we're not that great. We have one of the lowest uh, ratios across the world of uh, you know the, the value of taxation to the GDP. That's quite low, but there's a, there's a lot happening there. So I don't think that is a that is a negative. The the pretty much all cities are moving in a in a very good way there. So yeah. I, I'm saying, yeah, I, I guess I would like to round it off and, and stop there by saying that you know the, we need to look at financial health and sustainability of a city, not just from the point of saying that we need to make money on our own and turn a profit. But we need to make the best use of whatever is is a right to the city. Because ultimately, I live, let's say right now, I live in Gurgaon. Yeah. And a bulk of the money that I pay does not go to the Gurgaon Corporation. It goes it goes through other channels and is routed back to the city, right? So what we need is a good overall system that is able to do all of this. And one little nugget that I'd, I'd like to uh, uh, leave with before Vachana can jump in is that the it's on the money part, right? You've seen city budgets. Yeah. 10,000 crore on average for Bangalore, 30,000 crore or whereabouts, I think now it's 26,000, uh, 25,000 for Mumbai. These are, these are all huge numbers, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? It, these are all huge numbers, but these are these are statements of intention. I think there we are still not focusing a lot on cities generating money on their own for a, a separate problem, which is the capacity to spend in a lot of cases is low. In certain places, it's incredibly high, but in a, lo- in a long tail of cities, it's incredibly poor. Yeah. So if you see the difference, what we, we call a budget variance, right? 
If a city says, "I am, I have planned projects for twenty-six thousand crores to make your life better," which includes X, Y, Z, at the end of the year or, or at the end of let's say five years, when they finally come out with their audited uh, accounts, you will see that they barely spent fifty percent of what they claimed. So there is a very big difference between uh, uh, the budget and the actuals. What we need to keep an eye on is is uh, is the actuals as well, and even on the actuals, uh, the you know the revenue collection etc. is low. So uh, and and this varies across states. So if you go to let's say a state like in Odisha, yeah. the principal challenge there is not that the state doesn't have money to fund its growth. The principal challenge there is the state has, doesn't have the ability. to be able to deploy that money effectively to drive good growth so if you get more money it will just lie in some bank and on an interest which can be used later but that's not the principal problem so like that we have to sort of uh, i'm saying it's a little nuanced we have to sort of can't paint it in one picture there are certain states where there is a need for more money because naturally the ecosystem allows for faster developmental work to happen there are some where mon- ha- money is not the principal problem yeah. but again this is uh, my understanding Yeah. So, uh, in all this, Puneet, I would request you to come back and tell me if I've answered your question. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. I, I think it is. It's again. It's not a straightforward cut that we are looking at. It's something that, uh, as you rightly mentioned, that the revenue sources are also not that high, and then there is the system again is somewhere on the lines. In my understanding, that more top down. That this is how money comes in as of now. So. This is how center and state are giving money, and this is the only kitty that you can generate on your own. So balancing that out is a tricky thing in its on its own. Yeah, yeah. Bachna, sorry, you were saying something. Sorry, Bachna. So um, yeah, I think so. Both financial self-sufficiency and financial accountability should go hand in hand, right? So now, uh, what I mean, uh, whatever that Vivek just explained, I would just. Put it in a framework so just, it's just easier to communicate, perhaps, to your audience. So, if we consider these as six pillars of municipal finance, right? One is the integrated view of city finances and integrated treasury management, which in some sense we just covered when we talked about the example of recommendation of governance, right? There is no integrated uh, view of city finances at all today. Uh, second is uh, the fiscal decentralization aspect, which is where um, availability of uh, financial resources come into play. now we know that the eligible revenue streams for uh, cities in india primarily property tax now even in case of property tax what happens is the range is either fixed by government there is the tax rates are not essentially fixed by the city governments and there is there is no uh, I, i think according to our a6 uh, study only four cities can actually borrow without prior state approval uh, and only seven cities can actually invest without you know invest a surplus money without uh, state approval so the fiscal decentralization aspect of india cities is also pretty weak now the third aspect is okay the cities have however limited it is cities do have access to certain kinds of resources like property tax uh, you know sometimes um, swm cess or etc right now how efficiently are they be are they able to utilize it is another problem where also here also the same aspect that vivek just discussed about on the aspects of capacities again comes into picture Yeah. Fourth aspect is a fiscal responsibility and budget management aspect, which is essentially how the uh, you know accountability systems, fin- financial management process essentially happens. Only one state in India, actually, actually now two uh, two cities in India actually have um, mandated medium term fiscal plans, which is uh, for Guwahati and now with the latest act in BBMP Bangalore as well. 
but this does not really happen right the quality of budgeting process is so poor the adherence of budget timelines as per the municipal legislations often are not actually adhered so if you look at budget variance which we got so touched upon so one fifth of the a6 cities that we actually studied the budget variance is actually more than 50% right and that, that that's really terrible and and if you look at some of the cities like raipur ranji it's over 70 75% so it's yeah. the quality of budgeting system is so poor then the internal internal control mechanisms um, uh, is 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 not robust at all there is no internal audit process mostly put in place next fifth aspect is transparency and accountability so one, one key aspect on how a government body should run is us uh, on is on these aspects right so the disclosure of financial and operational information out to public is as not great although there is a public disclosure law that's passed by a lot of states as part of the jn in your and they don't adhere with the model public disclosure law um, so therefore these are not the cities are not transparent enough right and uh, citizens do not really engage or rather are not given the opportunity to engage in city budgeting process where ideally they should have a, a say we only have say like a, a, a pune or a bangalore or trivandrum that does participatory budgeting but these are not institutionalized by law yeah. right uh, there is no grievance redressal mechanism and and everything that overarches all of these five components that we just discussed is institutional capacity the municipal yeah. cadre rules while it exists are not comprehensive enough the skill sets have not been detailed there are no detailed job descriptions it's not contemporary in nature most of the time even the sanction positions are not revisited at least uh, you know uh, on a decadal basis at least it's it's far old so all of these together actually creates uh, you know this uh, weak financial capacities yeah i i absolutely agree it's a, it's a quite a complex topic and uh, dealing with each of those links becomes more and more difficult again it's a cross linking thing it's a uh, problematic on those lines as well that different departments will take up different things so that again makes it more complex but uh, i think with the paucity of time one of the last questions i want to come on is on lines of there is now more and more people do agree and do see the effects of climate change in every city and one of the things that it leads to is the amount of effect it has on marginalized people and that is the social capital of any city because while they are one of the people who are at the bottom of the pyramid they are the most affected they are the people who are helping you in every kind of way possible that you don't even realize but with climate change they will be the most displaced people as well while you and i live in an apartment and can sustain lot of things they will not be able to do it so how can this city system be made more resilient for those kind of future uh, things that will come up Hmm. interesting no that that's a very valid question i guess the the one thing that jumped out at me when you were calling that out right is uh, and I, again i'll take some time because i think yeah. we do have another 10 15 minutes right so yeah this will need that much because it's a very uh, i think a, a pertinent question that the the brunt of things such as what are going on right now which is covid is is often uh, borne by the most uh, underprivileged right so yeah. and it is it is the duty of the state to sort of safeguard their uh, livelihoods uh, their uh, their interests in so many ways right now uh, having said that all of that however is again the result of how well the the governance systems are able to respond to either situations or proactively imagine the threats that are are, are probably going to take shape in the next 5 10 years 
for instance climate change increasingly going to uh, worsen a lot of things right so it it depends again on how well are you set up to be able to respond recognize and mitigate rehabilitate i'm not even 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 getting to it because obviously that's naturally something that has to be done right and this is also where i'm going to take a step back and say the the this is what we try to do in so many ways in in, in uh, asics right Yeah. the uh, annual survey of india city systems i would encourage uh, all of your listeners to do whenever you have the time to go to the janagra website and have a look at the report the last report was i think the uh, released in 2018 march if i'm not wrong and we we've sort of now started giving a couple of years gap because because we're doing an overhaul plus the fact that sy- governance systems in india rarely change right they don't change on the order of one year there are tiny changes that happen and most of uh, what we look at are are policy process based changes right yeah so to come back to your question how 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 can a government do this how how can city systems be strengthened i i think in at least in our uh, imagination of a city system right it is not looking at the ability of sectors to respond the 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 one of the challenges that we faced we faced uh, as an organization is the fact that there is no shared understanding of what governance system means so when in the same room five people talking about a system you could probably mean transport yeah. somebody could mean provision of social security benefits somebody could mean livelihood security somebody could mean safety right in in uh, our minds underpinning all of this is what vachana had called out earlier and in our mind we like to sharply stick to that definition and say it is whatever undercuts across which is the people the processes the laws policies the finances the citizen participation mechanism so unless you are able to fix that the ability of a city to respond to either a calamity or to something that's going to happen in 10 years from now is, is severely limited that's uh, how it happens so what you need to do therefore is fix these long long answer to your short question you have to fix the the fact that the local government is a government it's not a body so you have to strengthen the local government itself in in all the ways that vachana had called out earlier you have to strengthen the relationship between the state and the city in a healthy manner not as a client patron relationship but as a government to government relationship you have to make sure that coordination across bodies that govern the place that is urban is robust there is a concept of the metropolitan planning committee that exists in the constitution that's something that nobody has you know i think no state in india has really done a good job of it i mean granted that even in the constitution it was envisaged as a planning body but there's a lot of power in sharing your plans look at what is happening in delhi the reason why the supreme court has has made sure that the delhi ncr region acts as a whole even though there are different governments yeah different cities different states involved and the ut yeah uh, the reason is because for things like climate change it doesn't say that i will operate in the city's boundary yeah and i will not operate in the panchayat right next door or i will operate in delhi but not in gurgaon that is not how it works so how how do delhi and gurgaon and faridabad and the rest come together and make a joint action plan on mitigating uh, the effects of let's say air pollution or some of yeah. the other higher order things unless that mechanism is institutionalized and strengthened the responses will be piecemeal somebody will buy a truck to throw water in the air when the dust is too high or when the pollution gets too high yeah so i, I guess what i'm trying to say is that there is no one simple solution you need to strengthen the hands of the local government start seeing it as a government you have to and you have to do it in a manner that people start seeing them as the government one thing that i think i forgotten to tell you is that if you ask somebody who your government is people will rarely identify the city as their government right 
सड़क कौन बनाता है बिजली कौन देता है या तो चीफ मिनिस्टर देता है या तो प्राइम मिनिस्टर देता है who who's the mayor what is the mayor what do they do right i mean there's also this uh, this difference on where people place their demands for services etc it still goes to another layer and therefore somebody else tries to fix it so in that in that if things stay this way then the ability for us to present a joint face to be able to tackle these problems is is somewhat limited so i would say that short run is obviously you know you put in tech put in data you have you have these this people that come out and help the weighted they did during covid is mass mobilization but we cannot get around to the fact that we need to strengthen local governments we need to improve the way people participate in in their local governments we need to make sure the that coordination uh, among the at least between the state and the the, the local government in the area is incredibly strong institutionalized through a proper law which yeah. you know chief minister chief minister or whoever comes in and goes cannot change and it mandates this sort of regional level view Yeah. then you'll be able to sort of look at higher order uh, things like climate change etc otherwise it will still be a sector true i i agree with that yeah patna yeah so climate change actually is a very contemporary domain so we have not been able to build capacities even on the existing domains into a large yeah. extent so it's going to be an extremely difficult task and typically in india if we look at uh, the response to you know creating such institutional mechanism in some sense has been just like a response to some central government schemes right so there has yeah. not been a deliberative attempt to create a robust institutional design uh so climate so that's that entire climate governance ecosystem itself at central level state level and city level is extremely fragmented right yeah. um and another aspect is climate governance is not even climate change or rather is not taken as a responsibility by city governments in, in, in when we were engaging on the cities 2.0 when it the interactions with various city governments that's what that's something which we have realized and which also shows the need for you know dynamic legal system you know where you update you know for example the 12th schedule does not have climate change so and 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 the third aspect which i would like to reiterate what uh, vivek said is is the uh, pertinence to look things at regional level angles so these are solutions even climate change mobility a pandemic all of these require solutions at regional level we have examples around the globe like for example um, uk is trying out something called as a combined authority model where different uh, city governments in a particular region is come to, is coming together negotiating with the state that they they work together in promoting better mobility driving better economic opportunity combating climate change etc so there are such examples happening so it's 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 high time we actually deliberate on putting down uh, and establishing a good institutional design for all of these uh, so yeah that's that's what i would i would say yeah yeah uh, thank you for comprehensively putting it together so coming uh, to the last question that we have is on the lines of what what kind of jobs can then people do to help make this city system better what kind of skills that would be required or that are required i won't even say would be because i think you can start it today and it is required it's that kind of uh, requirement that we are seeing in the ecosystem so what what do you think about that how can that be pushed forward and what all things are who all can enter into this ecosystem watson why don't you go first i've been taking the liberty of just jumping into the question please <laughs> yeah i think uh, there there is uh, a lot of colleges have started to offer urban policy public policy courses there are a lot of po- policy professionals coming into this space for extreme 
extremely passionate. So a lot of young minds uh, coming into space, which I think is a big positive. So people who have the ability to understand urban complexities, um, understand uh, urban laws, uh, have the ability to work and negotiate with the government stakeholders are extremely important, right? And also people who have the ability to mobilize citizens. Citizens are a huge, uh, you know, are the huge powerhouses to create transformative change. Um, so uh, it's, so they should, they should be people who, are, who also have the ability to mobilize people, run campaigns. So it's a, a, a transformative change as possible perhaps from, you know, when there are diversity, uh, I mean, like in, in the sense that, you know, the, there, are, there, there is pressure from various, various points. So, um, yeah, I think these are what I can, I can think hmm. quickly. I, I would request Vivek to explain. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I'd like to say that uh, cities are where the action is. Cities are where the action is and is, is going to be for a significant amount of time, not just for the fact that it is a, it is a highly complicated system, but also this is where uh, both capital and talent have accumulated, right? So yeah. uh, you will naturally have a churning and a mixing together of those. And at least what I've seen as encouraging signs in the last uh, five uh, years that I've been observing this closely is the fact that there are a lot of young people who are trying to see solving these, these uh, the, you know, societal challenges or uh, development challenges, uh, let me call it that way. A lot of young people who are trying to get into this and this has been something that has been noticed by a bunch of universities who started offering you know, proper courses, et cetera. And, and, and I'm saying in general, that is great for the, let's say the, the crop of people who are now going to apply their minds to trying to fix the quality of life in cities. And in a lot of ways, uh, uh, most of us who've lived in cities are also invested in that, right? Now, having said that, I, I think there are a few areas where we need to significantly push ahead research, not just implementation, right? Implementation, I'm, I'm uh, fairly confident that we, we have enough you know, technocratic solutions available to try, try and address a lot of challenges. Okay. Uh, and there are enough minds which are, uh, so uh, the sort of mind that needs to help fix the city, right? As to the qualities of, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people will hate me for saying this, but of, of let's say a management consultant. I, I don't have a better term right now. The reason I'm calling it a management consultant, it, it's essentially a, a do whatever you need to do to try and address the problem sort of a mindset that you're not, you're not waiting for instructions. You're not waiting for organized structures to, to present themselves before you, before you're able to grasp a problem, make sense of it and try and address that. So that's one part. However, for somebody with this sort of a mindset, to drive change, what you need is a lot of uh, uh, research that that tells that, uh, that is able to shape your intervention, right? So, for instance, technology is something that is uh, that everybody has been trying to inject into the government. Yeah. But what I feel is is largely missing is that the the drawing the parallel between the technology and the vast number of cities which which probably have very limited able, ability to make best use of that technology, right? Yeah. So I'm saying, are you are you uh, doing that thing because you have a hammer? You know, every problem looks like a nail or whatever. Yeah, I'm not, I, I don't know exactly what the saying is, but some something like that, right? <laughs> that you say technology, technologies. So similar, I, I think there's a lot of research that has to go behind for what what's not called out, which is what is the city as a unit of governance, the city as a unit of democracy, the the, the even research on the on the political parties. For instance, why do we see? such a different way of operation in, in cities in, let's say, a Kerala or in Odisha or West Bengal and a UP. Yeah. I think in so many ways, the, the way these things functions are a reflection of the party cadre system, 
because a lot of them have existed before 74th CAA. Yeah. So so things existed. They you they wanted units at at each panchayat or block level, and therefore they have a decentralized model because you have decentralized leadership of the party cadre, but you probably don't have in some other cities which were centralized to start out with because the the parties that were governing them were centralized to start out with, right? So I think. a little bit of nuance research on city as a as a unit of democracy city as a unit of uh, economy and the metropolitan angle i think a lot more re- time and money on research has to be invested which is thankfully being done by the by the by think tanks academia but i see that missing from the government mm-hmm. so th- there is a little pull from the government i think that has to change and uh, i think whoever wants to join sort of the bandwagon of trying to fix cities has to be cognizant of that that it's going to take some time and which brings me to the last point on the sort of individual who i think uh, needs to invest themselves in changing the system of a city right yeah it takes it takes yeah. forever yeah so you could be in the business of changing city systems I mean, and let me again call out the difference between what janagra feels is a city system versus the quality of life this is not about saying that i'm going to give everybody in my city a ta- pipe water collection Yeah. this is about saying what law do i change what policy do i bring in what accounting mechanism how do i make sure citizen participation becomes a law so that if the city wants 100% pipe water connection they're able to do it yeah. that it doesn't become an issue because you you know you're found wanting at those levels that is the business we are in so if yeah. that is the sort of uh, i'm saying it takes a very different mind to say that i will work for 10 years but perhaps see very little change in those 10 years because you're working behind the scenes you are nudging somebody to do this you sometimes spend two year three year four years advocating for a change in law then the government changes or some some covid happens and then you know it it goes kaput nothing ever happens so sure. you need patience right something that uh, janagra's founder keeps calling out is i think uh, is a term urgent patience this is i this is not a term by the founder uh, i think this is both swati and ramesh who say this uh, ramanathan they say that you have for for you to want to change systems and you to be in the business of changing systems on cities you need to show urgent patience which is urgency in your actions to deliver but patience in seeing how the outcomes are generated so yeah i'd like to stop with that on what it takes to solve or, or what what a person should have in them to try and be in this business no i i agree with that and it's it's uh, this is this is the thing right that currently in the ecosystem especially when you're looking at so many startups coming into it everyone wants to be a problem solver where do fast fail fast and things like that but when you come to the city system of it you need the same problem solving but at the same slow rate of it you you can't be like you fail fast here you just cannot do it you have to be that kind of problem solver you still need to be that kind of problem solver. but it will take years to uh, so you yeah. need to be keep persistently pushing things forward to make it happen yes definitely but i would uh, put it slightly differently paneet if i may yeah yeah just you do need to fail fast but you i'm saying that failing fast has to be within what your visualization of governance is yeah so if you're trying to only address right at the top quality of life challenges right then then obviously you cannot but within the system you can yeah. pick a work particular part and then do a, do a fail fast so it all depends on how you're able to visualize the entire system the interconnectedness and figure out an intervention that helps at least a, a range of those interconnected dots and yeah. then you can fail fast but 
like you said, it takes patience to even be able to visualize that. So it's not like you can make a plan in one week of how to fix, let's say, direct <laughs> beneficiary transfer in one particular district and get it done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much. I, I would just like to ask if I have missed out on any points that you feel are important to cover up, so we can take it up, and after that we can close this thing. I would just like to add one point. Uh, among the different uh, aspects that we discussed today, one key aspect that can perhaps drive change in cities is the political economy of decentralization, right? So something that Vivek said about how, how do we understand how things work differently in different contexts and uh, yeah. context essentially. In, in, so which also necessitates, uh, necessitates our engagement with the political class, which is something which we often shy away from doing, right? The truth is that sustainable solutions, as a solution can probably be implemented sustainably when we engage with political class, because they are the ones who should actually drive these changes. Yeah. So I just would like to use this opportunity to uh, to inform your audience about a forum that Janagra has actually initiated called City Politics. It's a public discussion forum that's on Facebook and LinkedIn, where we try to actually create, actually bridge this gap between politicians, experts, civic activists, grassroots activists, and the larger citizenry, the researchers, students, uh, etc., who are passionately and deeply interested in the space of urban. Yeah. So where we actually hope to redefine politics as, you know, not as a bad thing, but as a good politics of garbage, water supply, et cetera. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would like to end there. Thanks. Thank, thank you for sharing that. I, I hope that more and more audience can go on that platform and actually do that kind of good conversations and productive conversations on those things. Uh, so yeah, I would like to thank you guys for making it such an interesting piece of conversation for me as well, because this is this is something that now I feel that it's very important for more and more people to understand what is city and what is the city system we are looking at where they live and I think I I hope that we have done some amount of justice to it today that more and more people can understand that. Thank you. Yeah. No. Thank you for having us on the call. I think this is wonderful. What what you're doing is really brilliant. What one of the things that I've realized is that uh, when I generally uh, I mean I'm six years old into the development sector, right? Yeah. But when I generally speak, a lot of the initiatives and efforts are not aimed at addressing cities. They are either aimed at addressing systems or, or uh, rural India. But addressing urban India is, is somewhat of a rarity. So thank you for having us over. I think we need as many people to listen to conversations such as this. And it's great that you are, you are going to help amplify that because we want more and more people to, uh, to come into the cities and try and fix them because... Like I said, remember that even to solve rural India's problem, if money and capacities is one big constraint, that's going to be generated in cities. True. So you you help fix this and the rewards, I mean, given the current system that we have yeah. uh, across the world, the reward will be reaped by everyone. So I mean, great for, uh, the, I, I really loved uh, this conversation. Hope yeah. many people listen to it and enjoy the bandwagon. I hope so too. Thank you. You have been listening to Understanding the Future podcast. To know more about Climate Center for Cities, check out our website www.niua.org c-q. The show is conceptualized, produced and edited by Punit Gandhi, Senior Associate at CQ. You can now subscribe to our podcast on your favorite channel, which can be accessed through the credits. 
Also, don't forget to follow us on our social media for more updates. Do share your reviews with us and help us spread the podcast to your friends and colleagues. Do write to us if you would be interested in learning about any specific topics. Thank you and stay tuned for our next episode.